0: Get ready for your download so you can live life happy. I'm your host and addicted to reading, Andrea Seidel. Hey there, Andrea here. I hope you're doing amazing. I'm so excited. I highlighted such a great book this week. It's called Learned Hopefulness, The Power of Positivity to Overcome Depression by Dan Tom Tomasulo. I don't know why it is. I can never say these authors last names. It's so funny. Like I could say it over and over again, but then when it comes to the podcast, for some reason, I don't know. I like stutter on their voice, but it's Dan Tomasulo. He is a PhD. This book is so good. It's all about learned hopefulness and it's the power of positivity to overcome depression. But okay, not just depression, but are you feeling down sometimes? Like it is totally human and natural to have these ups and downs and to have times where we're feeling a little bit deflated, a little bit, you know, just Disappointment, disappointed even, or just feeling down, just a low mood. And so this book, oh, it's so good. It's like there's so many little nuggets of genius in this book. And of course, I always say to my listeners, if something sparks your interest to purchase the book and support the author, because there's so many awesome exercises within this book too. And I love the concept of this book, right? It's all about how we can learn hopefulness. So welcome to the podcast. If this is your first time here, I'm so happy that you're here. This is so fun for me reading these books because I am a little bit book obsessed. And I believe that authors put so much time, energy, and effort and research into their books that it's so great because there's these all these little actionable nuggets that they do have within their book. So that's the purpose of this podcast is to suck out all the positive psychology and all the coachable nuggets that we can, so that we can turn this knowledge into action in our life, right? After all, if you, just read the book, you're not going to have a huge shift. But if you can apply some of that learning and some of that research and some of the suggested exercises that these authors have for us, holy cow, it can really impact our lives for the better. Okay. So, many people struggle, right? We feel sad at times, we feel hopelessness, and especially when we're going through difficulty in our modern world. Like there are challenges. Life isn't just like I always say sunshine and butterflies all the time. So, it is the good news is is that we can change our perception. We can change and we can become more hopeful. I want you to think about a time in your life where you or something that's going on that you feel a little bit hopeless about. I'm going to tell you that by the end of this podcast and working through some of these wonderful tools that, uh, that he takes us through within this book, you're going to really notice a difference in your level of hopefulness. And it really does allow us to shift. So you'll also learn how to untangle yourself from rumination and also how to over, you know, when we think over and over again about negative events or when we're, Worried about things and worried about our future, uh, this shift in perspective will really help us to go into the present moment and allow us to anticipate a future through a lens that is more positive, allowing us to see a future and anticipate a future that feels hopeful, that feels like it's something exciting. Um, so this is what he said in his book. So what if I told you that there's an easier way to be to get more of what you want in your life and less of what you don't want? Would you be interested? And the idea is that hope really does give us that needed energy in order for us to change for the better. Hope is you know what, one of the most treasured emotional assets that there actually are. And I love the way he put it in his book. Okay. So one of the stories he talked about within his book is like when Pandora opened the jar and released all these difficulties into the world, she closed it just before hope could escape. And so the idea is, is that hope lived amongst all the disappointment, hope lived amongst all the pain. So hope knows how to deal with, you know, disappointment and pain. And so the idea is, is that this hope knows them well and hope can be used to deal with them. Um, so of all the positive emotions, it's so interesting because hope is the only one that requires uncertainty or negativity in order to be activated. Think about that, right? That's huge. Hope is the only emotion that actually needs disappointment. It actually needs pain. It actually needs uh, negativity in order for it to be ha- um, activated. That is so profound. That story touched me, right? That's what makes the idea of the emotion of hope uh, really, really special. So if we can cultivate hope, it it, it allow us, Like hope is really going to bring us motivation. It's really going to bring us that emotional nutrients so that we can persevere in times of difficulty, in times of struggle in our lives so that we can really grow. And I love that concept. So you know what? So, but what causes hope to happen? Like how can we become more hopeful? And there is a wonderful way to cultivate hope and hopefulness. And that's what this whole book is all about. Now, what I loved about this book is that It's not really Pollyanna-ish where it's, you know, thinking, oh, you know, just be positive all the time and, you know, not not embrace the negativity and the sadness and the suffering. But this book is really good because it tells us not to ignore the realities of our suffering, um, but it teaches us how to restore a balance by increasing this awareness and kind of reframing what our future could be um, so that when we are hopeful for our future, this book really helps us to harness that gift of our imagination so that we can get in touch more deeply with all these wonderful things and the greatest strengths that we have and all these wonderful, you know, our highest possibilities for our life, which is hopefulness. All right. So he did talk a lot about how, um, sometimes we focus on the deficiencies in our life. We focus on the deficiency realms in the world and, um, what how he put it in his book, Thomas Sulo uh, says, basically like turning into, tuning into rather your hope channel. And I love that. It's almost like, let's tune into that channel. Let's tune into the hope channel and we can shift that. So disappointment, frustration, all those, the unknowns and uncertainty for our future. Hope is actually a necessary ingredient to help us get through that. So by focusing on the positive potential that already lies within us, focusing on our strength and you know that, that's the strength switch, right? I love Lee Waters' book on the strength switch. And that's what it all is too, is focusing on what your strengths are and tapping into that and really seeing your potential that lies there. And then you can restore a greater sense of hope than you've ever thought possible So focusing on what can be done in your future, right? I know, I don't know about you, but sometimes have you like thought, oh my God, this is so hopeful. It's like what I, I'm damned if I do damned if I don't, right? (laughs) You feel hopeless. It's like, oh my gosh, I don't think I should ever date again. Right? It's like, I feel pretty hopeless about that being through two massively long relationships and, you know, ending in divorce and breakup. So it's like, it's very easy to feel hopeless. And sometimes we feel like we're almost paralyzed by it. So the whole premise here is by tapping into what is positive, what is our positive potential that lies within us, as well as restoring a greater sense of hope that you know that you ever thought was possible by focusing on what can be done in the future, the possibilities rather than what has happened in the past. Uh, this is the key to understanding how hope can really help us. And I love the way he put it in his book, right? Think about joy, surrender Serenity, interest, awe, amusement, gratitude, and all those wonderful emotions. And they are basically like you know what and we they they don't necessarily need negativity for those experiences to occur so we don't need negativity to make us feel joyful right and so the great news about that is that when we have this struggle so hope is sprung out of uncertainty hope is sprung out of negativity and it's almost like the, he said within his book is like the same way a lotus comes from the mud <laughs> and I love that right like some great things can come out of not so great things, some yucky, muddy, uh, ugly things. So the degree to which we expect, this is important. The degree to which we expect we can influence the future determines our hope. And I love that concept, right? It's a really big shift in our lens. And so we are hopeful when we believe we can, do like wonderful things. We are hopeless when we think we cannot. So if we think that we have control over our future and we believe that uh, all, what, what can we do? That is hopefulness. When we believe like, what can't I do? It's like, oh my gosh, I'm so limited now, right? You can see how hopelessness kicks in. And he pulled up that quote from Henry Ford, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're Right? And that is really what this whole book is about, right? It's the science of psychology that's focused on alleviating suffering with the emphasis. So basically it's it's not just about uh, getting rid of negative emotions and eliminating negative emotions. And as you know, positive psychology sometimes gets a little bit of a bad rep because it's people think that it's all about just being yay, yay, positive, positive all the time and not noticing the negative. But really positive psychology is is embracing, not necessarily eliminating negative emotions or getting rid of them or reducing them, uh, is more about um, looking at things from the lens of all emotions are powerful. So paying attention to positive emotions such as hope is really, really important because it's it's a wonderful teachable resource that is transformational, that can help us. We want to cultivate obviously positive emotions, but recognize that we can also, that sometimes these emotions are birthed out of negative emotions. And that's so amazing, right? So we can learn how to have higher hope. We can learn how to become, um, Like, focus more on the power that comes from the belief that there's hope for our future. And so, try this experiment. Think in your mind for a second like, imagine there's a lemon in front of you and you've cut it in half and you're about to take a huge bite of that lemon. What happened? I bet you your mouth. Suddenly, like think about actually biting into that, right? It's pretty nasty. Like your face kind of cringes up, your mouth waters, my mouth's watering right now, thinking about it. (laughs) So the reality is that what's happening, your body is producing saliva. You are reacting to that lemon, but you don't even have a lemon there. So even though the lemon is only in your imagination, you were able to create body chemistry just by focusing on your thoughts in a particular way. So this is what happens when we hold onto negative thoughts and beliefs as well. Our bitter approach to life comes through because our thoughts make it real. So, it's just like that lemon idea, right? Our thoughts made it true. Our body had the same chemistry that reacted. So by focusing your thoughts in a particular way, it creates your, your belief. And so the idea here is that we can shift our thoughts to a different way. We can shift our thoughts to a more hopeful way of seeing things. And that'll allow things to be true for us. And it'll allow, you know, our life to become more sweet. So yet, the opposite is true. If you imagine someone that you love, you imagine really good situations for yourself. You remember um, moments of in your life where you were at your best. Um, just that thought can change that you know sour disposition into something sweet. So he uses this example within his book because it really does portray the power of our thinking and how we can shift um, our thinking and we can actually grow. And- and learn hopefulness. And w- just by shifting our thoughts, um, is it's really, we can either hold on to negative thoughts of the past and the and belief, create beliefs around it, or we can hope for a better future and take control of what it is that we can change and what can we do. And that'll really create a more sweetness in our life. And I love that. That's basically my overview of the book, and it was so great. Um, he did talk a lot about recalibrating your goals, and what he meant by that is that as longer-term goals become more uncertain, uncertain, right? If you have these really long-term, grandiose goals that are way out there, it's almost really it's it can be depressing, <laughs> right? It's like oh my god, I'm never going to meet that goal. Um, so his suggestion and research has shown that if we make these micro goals, they can really recalibrate our goals. They can really recalibrate our focus and allowing us to re-engage and become more hopeful. And so by breaking down your goals and kind of having micro goals, even bringing them into the days, um, think about it, like think about ways that you can accomplish goals within briefer time limits. And he talked about how it really does get the ball rolling for you and what it does is it helps to awaken what he called the hope circuit, right? And I don't know about you, but if you start to see momentum, you start to see things unfolding. You're like, Hey, that's great. And then your confidence builds and you feel more hopeful that you're going to get closer to your goal. And right. And I do that with my writing clients is that, I mean, the big goal of writing a book can seem, you know, very daunting and can be, make you feel a little bit more hopeless, right? Am I ever going to be able to get this done? Whereas when you break it down into chunks and micro goals and like steps and chapters and things like that, um, it's really great because then you can start seeing, you can re-engage into that hope circuit. It's like, oh my gosh, I can see this unfolding. Oh my gosh. People start to see their table of contents coming together, their content that needs to go there. Oh yeah. That story goes in there and all builds and it gets really exciting. So by recalibrating your goals within his book, that's what he's saying. It allows us to re-engage and become, it really does awaken that that hope circuit. So what generates hope is the belief that you can control some aspect of your future. So if you break down your goals into micro goals, then you're going to feel like you have more influence on your future. And I love that concept, right? So it could be as simple as planning a meal. It could be as simple as taking a walk, planning to take a walk and actually doing it, right? It could be answering three emails or doing two posts. Um, it's all about, you know, feeling like you have have a belief that you have some control over aspects of your future. And it's amazing. It's so powerful, right? And then you'll, you're going to gain that, that momentum. You're going to feel better about your life in those moments that you're in, instead of pushing that goal way down the road and where you feel hopeless. Um, So hope is generated when we can detect and expect to have control over something in our future. So I love that idea of micro goal setting to help us get there good okay so how can you what are some micro goals that you can set for yourself and that will help generate some hope and hopefulness all right the other thing he talked about is some of the wonderful ways to exp- it, to build this hopefulness is to think of it in this way oh i love this metaphor Okay. So we do have what's called a negativity bias. I talk about it all the time on the podcast because it is a, po- a positive psychology um, thing, right? It's a, not just, it's just the study of it is the awareness of this negativity bias really helps us to gain that self-awareness so that we can override, so to speak, this negativity bias that's hardwired in our brain. So our minds are, are meant to notice kind of negative things in our environment and make the negative emotions very sticky um, in order to keep us safe. The only problem is that it's it, it holds more weight. And I love the analogy he used within his book is that Think of it like a teeter-totter and, and think of any sort of negative things that happen to you or very challenging things or, um, things that are, you know, all your challenges, your worry, all those things, self-doubt, things that creep up. Those have more weight. So think of those as little pebbles. And so putting the pebbles on the one side of the scale, think of positivity or positive emotions as feathers, so in, or on the other side, so in order to balance that scale, you need a lot more feathers. So a lot more positivity in order to balance that. So. Unfortunately, right, the smaller the doses of positivity the, the you're going to tip the scale, those pebbles are heavier than those feathers. So negative thoughts are more potent because of the negativity bias. They're like pebbles and they, they kind of offset the balance scale. And so worrying, um, has helped us to survive in the past but the problem is is that that really tips the scales and consider the worry like pebbles right so if we're worrying about the future and we're feeling hopeless it creates that downward spiral if we worry too much so positive thoughts are like feathers so they uh, they can outweigh pebbles, but you need a lot of them. So by being intentional and increasing our time that we have that uh, like we're adding to the feathers, we're adding to the positivity, what can happen is we balance that out and allows us to feel more hopeful for our future. So being intentional with um, positivity, they can help to restore this necessary balance in order for us to feel hopeful. So small things, right? Genuine ways that we can accumulate these positivities so we can gain momentums towards the tipping point so that we have a nice balance. So, I mean, it can be as simple as regularly thinking of people, um, that make you feel positive, making intentional effort to be kind to other people. Um, and we know in positive psychology, like expressing gratitude or doing gratitude journaling or, um, appreciation or just acts of kindness or being kind kind and compassion and self-compassion are always that increase the, these positive emotions savoring and like really thanksgiving and 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 Um, focusing on those moments. And I always say it's almost like you're squeezing out every last little bit of it. It's like extending your laughter a little longer because it's extra funny. Um, all those things help to tip that scale. So it really does help us to, um, cultivate this hopefulness for our future. So like what, what, what doses of positivity can tip the scale for you? So you can outweigh those pebbles. What is it for you that can really help you to, um, really savor and and really um, capture more of those positivity moments, more of those positive emotions. So we talked about a few expressing gratitude, kindness, compassion, but there's also human connection and cherishing relationships and people and more engagement with friends and family as well. Those all add feathers to your, you know, to your scale. So by developing these these wonderful relationships and connecting with others, they really do build a foundation um, that can help, right? Um, Make us feel. So there is studies that show that when we are connected with people and we have powerful relationships, our expectations for the future become better. So we become more hopeful, right? So how can you foster some current relationships? How can you make new connections or even just deepen some connections that you have? All right. So then, um, his whole book is so good. This is why, I definitely, if this is sparking your interest, I definitely recommend purchasing his book. Um, we can make choices. We can make choices in order to increase our hopefulness for the future. And here are some of the ways to cultivate your hope. So think about a moment. I always. This is a really fun exercise. So take a moment to think about how hopeful you might feel right now. So on a scale of one to 10, 10 being really, really hopeful and one being feeling a little bit hopeless. So whatever that could be for you, it it could be a situation. It could be your life in general. It could be in any regards, like how hopeful are you? And it's so neat because as you go through all these, um, choices that we can make in these habits, um, of cultivating hope, it's amazing how your number is going to change. You will notice that you will become more hopeful. So if you felt like maybe at a two for hopefulness, you're feeling quite hopeless. It's amazing how when you walk your through these exercises I'm about to tell you, you instantaneously almost increase that hopefulness to a higher score. Okay. So let's go through them just really quickly. So I, and again, this is all in the show notes. It's at my website, click on book vault. All you have to do is subscribe to my newsletter and you get all these mind maps, access to everything there. It's over at andreaseidel.com. And there's a whole list of this. So you can walk your hopelessness or your hopefulness through these habits and through these choices that we can make. All right. So the first one is talking about seeing possibilities. So Challenging your beliefs about any of your limitations. So challenging that belief. So seeing possibility instead of closing it down and seeing obstacles. So just by seeing possibilities, what's possible here is really amazing because it might challenge your beliefs about any limitations that you might have or that might be in your world. I love that one. The next habit that you can adopt is adjusting your perception. So transforming negative beliefs into hopeful ones. So, I mean, you could, you, you can shift the lens, right? It's like, oh my gosh, I'm completely unlovable. I'm not going to find anybody in my life, blah, blah, blah. I could go down that road of hopelessness, right? Whereas you can adjust that perception. It's like, wait a second, like I'm seeing someone now, so I can't be unlovable, right? I have been in love before and people have loved me back and look at all my friends, like they love me and My children love me. My dog loves me. Like, so it's transforming negative beliefs into hopeful ones. It's like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited about my future actually in the world of potentially maybe meeting my beloved and being with a beloved. So there's another one. Okay. So another habit is shaping feelings. So cultivating those positive emotions that we talked about. So if you're dwelling on, you know, thoughts that don't make you feel good then it's all about shifting and shaping your feelings so what does make you feel good and I always say to my daughter it's like okay that I know what you're thinking you're thinking this like I can hear what you're saying but how does that thought make you feel and then I always emphasize it's like well what's a better feeling thought and sometimes I'll catch myself too like in these like not so great feeling emotional states and then you can literally shape your feelings you can shift it. It's like, what's a better feeling thought, right? Cause thoughts become feelings. And so it's amazing how you can do that. Also, I mean, it can be as simple as putting music on and starting to dance and just kind of like shifting your energy around that. Okay. Then another habit that you can do is exploring your strengths. This is huge, right? I always call it the strength finding. And it's all about discovering your best character, character strengths your best qualities and and then how have you how do you use those qualities to improve your life and how is it going to make you more successful moving forward in the future so exploring your strengths helps you to feel more hopeful in what you can achieve for yourself And then he did talk about habits such as creating micro goals. So setting goals calibrated that are going to motivate you. So micro goals, breaking them down, not the big grandiose one, have that one. Yes. As an overarching goal, but then break it down into those micro goals. He also talked about finding purpose, right? So developing life priorities and what do you value and determine what really matters to you and then that'll make you hopeful, right? Following your purpose makes you hopeful for great things for yourself in the future. Um, also, cherishing relationships, right? We talked about that, connecting to others and learning how to give and receive, right? So become a matcher, giving and receiving in relationships as soon and I'm not just talking about being with a significant other. We're talking relationship with friends and children and like the, all kinds of relationship and cherishing them because they really do that engagement with family and friends is so important because it adds, you remember, those festivals. It really does add to the positivity, it makes us feel more hopeful. Well, that's it, my friend. Her learned Hopefulness, the power of positivity to overcome depression by Dan Tamasulo. And it is so good. It's such a wonderful. So I hope that you really do. And I use the word hope. Is that funny? I hope that you do tap into this wonderful emotion that is so unique and so wonderful to tune into that hope channel, that, that wonderful emotion that is only present when we are in struggle, when we are going through challenge and when we are feeling down. Hope is that wonderful emotion that can help us get through it, help us be resilient and and really capture our grit and tenacity. And so that's it, my friend. Oh my God, that was so much fun, right? Okay. Thank you so much for listening. Now, if you haven't already written a review, I would love for you to, wherever you're listening to your podcast, hit subscribe, obviously, so you get these episodes right away into your inbox. I do this every week. I highlight books and I've been doing a lot of author interviews as well, which I love to keep on the program too. Now, please, please, please write a review because they really help grow the show and it tells us. other people, what it is that you like about the program. So thank you guys so much. And I hope you have a wonderful day. Bye. If you like this podcast, that's like personal training for your mind. You've got to come over to my website at andreasadell.com, where I take all these books. I highlight, coach, and summarize the content in my unconventional book and coaching club. Let's face it. No one is sunshine and butterflies all the time, but we can make happiness a lifestyle. So I want to invite you to sign up at my website for my freebies and giveaways so that you can start each week positively. Finally, don't forget to subscribe on whatever platform you listen to, download and write a review because they really help grow the show.